We're in our Advent series, Hope Has Come. We're talking about hope um, this Christmas. And we, we started off, if you were here and you remember, started off with talking about how all of us need hope, that there's something um, God-given in every human being, whether we believe in God or not, that, that we need hope to live. We need hope to help us move forward. In fact, if our life is devoid of hope, we go to a very dark place very quickly. And so... Uh, we need hope. And, and the next week we talked about the fact that it is uh, the most hopeful place you can be is in the promises of God. Uh, because if God is, is making a promise, our hope has the surest foundation when it's in the promises that God wants to give us. Uh, last week we had carols, and uh, that was cool. I enjoyed it. And, uh, and this week we're going to be talking about the joy of hope. And the joy of hope I want to put to you uh, tonight, the joy actually comes from um, seeing God at work. The joy that comes in the hope, you can have hope in the promises of God, but the joy comes when you start to see God uh, at work within the situation that you need hope into. It's, it's where the joy comes from. Um, how, how can I put it another way? Um, when you, um, I'm tossing up between two, two things that I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Uh, I used the story of the apricot tree this morning, but I don't think you guys are particularly into apricot trees. So um, I, I probably want to make an analogy then of a, of a movie that you're anticipating. Is there a movie out at the moment that people are anticipating? Star Wars movie, thank you for that. If you're a sci-fi fan. And, and this is meant to be uh, an anticipated movie that's meant to finish nine movies. Crazy as it seems, over a couple of decades. And, and there's great anticipation. Uh, and, and there's a sense that in the fact that you see the trailer, you start to get excited about the promise of what that movie's going to be. You haven't seen it yet. All you've seen is a little bit. You've seen the little bits that... You know, they're getting very crafty and actually putting together trailers now that have nothing to do with the movie. But uh, you get excited about it and, you, and you're looking forward to anticipation to the fulfillment of it, even though you're not experiencing it yet. And that's kind of where I want to go today, that the joy starts when we start seeing God at work, even though we haven't seen the completion yet. We haven't seen the full picture. All we've got is God's going to, produce something and we start to see the signs that God's at work and that uh, starts to feed our joy of hope that God is at work. And we see this in the Christmas story and, um, and we're going to read uh, uh, Mary's song today. It's in the, in, the, in the book of Luke, first chapter, around about verse 46. And uh, it's really uh, a part of the story. Uh, if you've been reading through Luke uh, every day, um, then you would have read this a while ago, because chapter one is extremely long. Um, but uh, you remember the story that in Luke's gospel, anyway, that uh, the angel comes to Mary, does this proclamation, Mary gives her consent, and, and one of the signs the angel gives her is that Elizabeth is pregnant, even in her old age. And so Mary goes to see Elizabeth, and it says, as she enters the house, 
The baby inside of Elizabeth, which we now know as John, says that the Holy Spirit fills her and, and, and it jumps for joy inside of her womb. I'm, not, I'm a guy, I don't know what that would feel like, but I'd imagine it would be an interesting sensation. And it says that the, the Holy Spirit comes upon her. And Elizabeth makes this proclamation that, that Mary is the blessed one of God and, and, and that you know, uh, she feels blessed that Mary is in her presence. And, and in that declaration from Elizabeth, Mary breaks into what's called Mary's Song. Uh, it's kind of written like a hymn. It's called the Magnificent, something like that. Um, that's what some people call it. But this is what it says. It's not the song, the words to the song that we had last time. These are, this is. So Mary said to them, "My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices." In God my Saviour. So that there is a welling up of praise and rejoicing from Mary at this point. She goes on. For he has been mindful to his humble... To, sorry, he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. How cool is that? For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. And the word fear here... Uh, doesn't mean being afraid, it actually means being in awe. Um, that's interchangeable within most of the texts. When you see fearing God, it generally means being in awe of God. Fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. He feeds the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his de descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. What I want to put to you tonight is, is that in this story of Mary, she is coming to the understanding that God is starting to do something in her life, but it's nowhere near the completion. We don't even know if Mary is pregnant at this stage. I kind of assume that she is because the presence of God makes Elizabeth's baby jump for joy and, and it says filled with the Spirit. So there's quite a likelihood of this, but it doesn't say in Scripture where Mary gets pregnant, what, where along the story. All of a sudden, she just is. So even if she just is, she just is. And, and, even, and uh, so she, she, all she's had is a visit from an angel, which would be freaky. Let's call it what it is. It would be, it would be rememberable. Um, and, and some proclamations from Elizabeth. That's all she's got to go on. And yet out of this, she chooses to rejoice. She chooses to look at this and say, this is an incredible moment. And not only does she rejoice about what God is about to do, even though she's at the very start, she acknowledges that what God is going to do through her is going to impact for generations to come. For generation to generation, they will call me blessed. 
And she goes on to talk about God's keeping his promises and being faithful. So right at the very beginning, all she is seeing is the trailer to the movie. She hasn't seen Jesus being born. She hasn't had that whole Christmas experience that we're going to celebrate in a couple of days' time. She hasn't seen the wise kings and she hasn't seen the shepherds and she hasn't seen the star and hasn't seen any of that. She's right at the beginning. Yet she chooses to focus on what God is doing and not on all the potential issues with what God's doing. Because that's the problem with us at, from time to time is that we can come to a point where we're so focused on what's happening around us and, and maybe even focused on what God's not doing and how God's not answering our prayers and how God's not turning up the way that we think that God should turn up that we don't spend time looking at where God is and what God is doing. Because Mary had lots of reasons to say, hang on a minute, angel, hang on a minute, God. I know that this is going to be cool down the road, but it's just a little bit inconvenient right now. Had every reason. How am I going to explain to my family that I'm pregnant? How am I going to explain it to my fiancé? It's just a little bit inconvenient. How am I going to be the one who fulfills the promises of God when I'm so young? What, what about my reputation, my family's reputation? There's all these what-ifs that Mary could have concentrated on. She could have given every kind of excuse that you like about, you know, God, I know you want to do a good thing, but does it have to be this way? Because this way is kind of inconvenient. But what she does is she focuses on what God is doing, not on the inconvenience of how it's going to affect her life. And I wonder for us whether we spend far too much time concentrating on what God's not doing instead of looking at what God is doing. that we get so caught up with the struggles and the issues that are life and they're real and they're painful and, and, and they can affect our lives, but we can spend so much time in there that we don't see that God has released a trailer to a beautiful movie down the road and we miss what God is wanting to do. Because God normally starts small. And he wonders if people will see the small things he's doing. And scripture after scripture says, you know, notice what I do and sow into what I do and then it will come into something marvellous. The story of the tenants. King, uh, Jesus tells a parable. King goes out, leaves behind his servants with with um, a coin each in Luke's gospel. I read it a couple of days ago. And he says, what I want you to do is invest what I give you. And he gives them a coin each. And one gets ten coins back. One gets five coins back and one buries it. 
and he gets really upset with the one who buries it. Well, if you like, God is doing something in each of their lives and one of them sees it and invests it and says this is an opportunity that God's at work and he, and he, and he goes to work and he brings back tenfold. And the other one sees that God's at work and he invests in it and he comes back five. But the one who doesn't, who gets told off, doesn't because he doesn't see what God is doing. And he misses the point. So I'm wondering in our life if we're so busy being distracted, not by technology and all those sort of things, well, that's easy, but easy to do, but distracted by how we think God should be doing things that we miss what God is actually doing amongst us. One of the uh, things we've been doing as a staff is we've been, um, we've been looking at how we ev- evangelize people, how we share our faith with people. And, uh, and mostly it's been coming through playgroup and we've had... Um, you know, a, a really fantastic time at seeing people come to faith and play group. But one of the very first things we do as, in the staff as we come to a staff meeting is we say to the group, to each other, how is God, who, sorry, who have you seen God at work in as you've been going around your life? Because we want to we step into the joy that God is starting to work. Now there's there's people that God has been at work at that's got all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues going on. There are times where we look at people and we say, I know that God's at work in that person, but there's so much mess in their lives. And what we decided to do is to concentrate on the fact that God's at work and not on the mess. And so we just pray in saying, God, we see that you're at work and we're just going to continue to pray and ask that you will go to work in their lives. You can make a difference. You can change everything. We can't sort out their mess, but you can. And and, and so we're just going to ask that you come to faith. And there's one mum in the playgroup whose husband really struggles with the whole Christianity because he blames uh, God for his dad dying uh, as a young man. And his wife has come to faith, but she just can't make the transition into the life of the church because she wants her husband to come through it. So we know that God's at work and we know that God's at work in our husband, but he's got so many issues. So all we're doing is saying, God, we see that you work and we're going to pray into the fact that you're at work. And we're not going to worry about the issues because you've got to deal with those. We're just going to pray into this. Because we don't want to miss the joy of the fact that God's at work by the problems that we see. And God doesn't want you to concentrate so much on your problems. It doesn't mean that you can't be real, that your problems are there, but he doesn't want you to miss in the, in the issues and the struggles that you've got in your life, miss what he is doing in you and through you right now. And this is what Mary teaches us. A young lady who had all kinds of reasons to get uptight and to struggle with her circumstances chose to focus in on what's really, really important. So I pulled out a couple of things that I think that might be helpful for you if I can remember them off the top of my head. 
the first thing uh, that we learn from Mary is, is that she praises God for what God is doing. And she sits there and says, my, my heart rejoices. She just overflows with, with, with praise for God for what he has done. And there is something powerful when we take our eyes off our issues and we put our eyes on Jesus and on God and who God is. And so she just starts rejoicing. She doesn't know how it's going to happen. She doesn't know how her future is going to work out. She doesn't know how this whole plan of God's going to come together. But she just says, I praise you right here and now, God, for what you're doing. And so she starts with praise. Now, if you're consumed by your struggles and your issues and you're failing to see uh, what God is at work, I want to say to you, God is at work because his spirit is inside of you. Start with praising God for what you can see. That's what Mary does. The second thing I think she does is she lets go of all anticipation of how God is going to bring it about. And I think we can get caught up, maybe it's just me, but I think we can get caught up in thinking that God has to answer our prayers our way. That God's got to somehow get the solution uh, the way that we want the solution to happen. But I think Mary here just lets go of all that and says, God, however you want to do it, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm going to trust that you're going to work out what you need to work out and I'm going to... I'm just going to sit in my zone of praying and praising you for what you're doing. So she lets go of the assumptions of how God should operate, how God should do what God wants to do. I'm sure if she knew the big picture, she would have been even hesitant. I'm going to give birth to a son. He's going to grow up to be a great man, a miracle worker, but then he's going to die and I'm going to watch him die. I'm sure that if she knew that, that would have been a struggle for her. So she had to let go of all the anticipation of how God was going to respond. And lastly, lastly she, um, I've forgotten this point. She said something. Let me grab my notes. I was going so well until that point. Lastly, she remembers. She remembers who God is. There's this whole section at the back end of that song. And she goes, I remember who you are, that you fulfill your promises from, um, from Abraham all the way through. I, I know that you show mercy and grace to your people. And so she remembers again the character of God. And so if you're struggling tonight, rejoice and praise God for what he is doing. Let go of what you think he should do. And remember he's a God who is faithful, who loves you, and he wants the best for you. And if we can do that, I think we can start focusing and allowing that, that joy to grow up inside of us that even though we don't have all the answers, even though we don't know everything that's going to happen, that we can enter into the joy that God has for us because we know he is good and we know he is faithful and we know he 
will make a way. Stand with me if you can. Just close your eyes and we're going to pray uh, tonight. Thanks, Zach. And, um, and we're just going to ask God to come and give us joy again. Let's pray. Loving God, I thank you that you delight in us. And we know, Lord, that we're flawed. We know, Lord, that in some ways we're broken. That as the Romans says, we do what we don't want to do, but we don't do what we do want to do. Lord, we struggle. We struggle with living life the way that you call us to. We wish we were more disciplined. We wish we were more dedicated. We wish, Lord, that we could honour you more in our life, love you more dearly. And along the way, Lord, we get caught up in all kinds of issues and struggles. And we lose the joy of our salvation. We lose the joy of the hope that you can bring into our lives. And so, Lord, for the people here tonight who are struggling, Lord, will you show them where that you're at work? Will you help them, Lord, to praise you for what you are doing? To let go of control? Let go of thinking that we know better than you? And remember, Lord, that you are faithful and true. Lord, will you pour your spirit out upon them afresh and anew? Grow their anticipation, their hope, Lord, whatever issue they're carrying. That in you they can see victory. In you they can see freedom. In you they can hear your voice and follow your ways. And live in the joy of our salvation. So Lord, come and meet us right now, I pray. And bless these people. In Jesus' name, amen.